Hey guys, welcome to Rankin' Vile, the podcast ranking every horror movie ever made. And this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How's it going, Quincy? How's your week going? Happy Halloween, everyone. This is our Halloween episode. <laughs> this is... Now, what's incredible about it, this is not only our Halloween episode, it happens to coincide with this being somehow our 200th episode of Rankin' Vile that we've done so far. Yeah, so sorry about not releasing episodes because we had to, like... <laughs> slow down you know how sometimes you watch a wrestling match and they're in the travel ring and they kind of like do like double stomps to to like slow down the moves because they're in a <laughs> much smaller space that's kind of what we did with our release schedule uh guys definitely check it out we were uh we had the privilege of being on war rocket ajax which is the podcast that we sort of gently bit our gimmick from about ranking things uh just and it was a just a goddamn nibble. blast yeah just a, a little a little 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 alpha. um but it was a, it was a total delight so you guys should check that out but yeah we are uh, here for Halloween. I mean, there was no way we weren't going to release an episode, you know, on Halloween. Is it? Is that a thing? The week of Halloween? It the is week not. of Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. yeah. Let's so, let's go for it. <laughs> so speaking of which, what uh, what ghoul shit have you been have you been uh, engaged in lately? So I have been burning a lot of Halloween candles. I went to the Bed Bath and Beyond and picked up a candle that's just called Vampire Blood. <laughs> Hell yes. I I love the lack of subtlety there. They're not going to do do sort of like, you know, crimson dreams or like no, it's just it's blood. It's vampire blood. It blood. <laughs> it blood. You 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 burn blood. You have blood candle. You take. I think the other one I have, I don't know what the official name is, but it's just like pumpkin <laughs> yeah honestly i the candles that i've been burning which i've also gotten like super into candles because i'm turning into my mom um are you familiar with the magic candle company no tell me more they make these really dope candles that um i think the hook of it was like hey do you want some essential oil that smells like the water at the pirates of the caribbean ride here's that and they've got sort of gimmick candles where the idea is like oh we've got sort of vacation scented stuff but without even leaving your own home and they have one called horror nights that just straight up smells like fog juice and kind of musk and mildew and it's just fucking perfect it smells like a haunted house i've been burning it like all week so that's wonderful i also bought some wax melts from house of wax melts on etsy oh nice uh and they made a uh wonderful fall smell called Haddonfield. <laughs> that is holy shit i honestly i i feel like of all the the horror towns you would want Haddonfield and not like springwood ohio or camp crystal lake yeah yeah Haddonfield is the one that still can smell like fall leaves and <laughs> uh with a lovely hint of cinnamon <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Springwood candle would just smell like a dank boiler room, and Camp Crystal Lake would just smell like a gross lake. So <laughs> I think yeah. it would smell like cum if we're being honest. <laughs> light, oh, light uh, top notes of cum, and mostly ra <laughs> like rancid lake. That's what you're. That's what you're getting. Um, the the ghoul shit that I've been up to. Um, I have become obsessed with. Now, uh, so you know that thing about how every year for a period of about a month, I decide like, wait a minute, maybe I should actually play Dead by Daylight and then I get fucking sick of it. Yeah. Um, and this is run its course. Um, and then also because uh, they pulled some shit, uh, the company that um, does Dead by Daylight and uh, has been doing a bunch of NFT shit that out of nowhere and just in a really scummy way, um, which is really great because it sort of gave me a built in excuse to just like drop their asses. Um 
Quincy, there is a, a, a gaming company, uh, gaming company, I'm like 90 years old, there's a game studio called Puppet Combo that uh, they release these games that have like circa PS1 graphics, but they're all meant to be like straight to VHS horror movie games. Uh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's it's fucking fantastic. Um, I just played one called evocatively Murder House, um, which has uh, it's like an Easter themed slasher where there's a killer who dresses up like a giant bunny, and I'm pretty crusty when it comes to survival horror. Like I'm, I usually have a pretty iron constitution when it comes to getting spooked. This game gave me the gnarliest jump scare I think I have ever had with a, a, a low-res bunny popping out to stab me with a hook. Um, it's just fantastic. Like, if you, if, if you have a chance, like, it, I think it runs on most computers. Um, yeah, yeah, Puppet Combo is, is incredible. Honestly, I think it's that I have no more interest in, like, slick, well-produced survival horror. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about the graphics of your and uh, playability in games. Yeah, um, I, I can't feel like this game wants me to like it too much. Like, it can't be uh, too clean and good-looking and, and easy to play. It's gotta, I fe- it has to have a certain amount of disdain for me to respect it, I think. Yeah. Uh, so I also... Uh, just recently watched the movie Unsane on Hulu. Oh, shit. Uh, have you seen this movie? No, but I'm sorry. It's called Unsane? Unsane. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Please tell me about this. It is about a woman who is maybe hallucinating seeing her stalker uh, following her around, and she accidentally commits herself. She signs a um, form... She signs a form without reading it and gets um, voluntarily committed for 24 hours. She 5150s herself. She 5150s herself because her um, therapist says, this is just a standard boilerplate form, sign it. hmm, And the rest of the movie is her going, no, that was a mistake. I shouldn't be in here. But also things start to spiral out of control. After she's already uh, committed herself. Oh, and then they're all like sort of tapping their clipboards and going like, look, we got the results back. It says here you're insane. Like there's, yeah. you can't, you cannot <laughs> leave here. You are, you are, you are dissane. You are not, you are not allowed to leave. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil it, but it gets, uh, it gets insane. <laughs> it's pretty wild. <laughs> God damn. I, this is, this is wonderful. Honestly, a movie like Unsane, I am immediately, now, let's, let's, uh, this is a good segue. So this sounds like a bad movie that has no pretense at being a great movie. Um, let's get into the first movie we're talking about this week, uh, which is Halloween Kills. Woof. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit, goddamn. Uh, So, yeah, dropped it. Okay, okay, Oh, please, please. Yeah? Does Halloween Kills have any pretense of being a prestige good movie? Now this is a great question. I, I so Quincy, how did you feel about the about Halloween twenty eighteen that the the second to most recent one? I did not see the second to most recent one, so part of my viewing experience was a little confused because this is like a direct sequel. 
I mean, like, yeah. In media res starts where the other one ends. I mean, that's the thing is like this is now the third uh movie which uh, is positioned as a direct sequel to Halloween 1978 between the OG Halloween 2 uh from the early 80s also by John Carpenter, uh Halloween Resurrection and then Halloween 2018. Um, which is really great of them to have dropped Halloween 2018 in a year that rhymes with Halloween for easy mem- uh, memorization. It was very kind of them. Yeah. Now, what what was incredible to me about the coverage around Halloween 2018 was, um, you know, you had Jamie Lee Curtis, who obviously is immortal and, you know, beyond beyond reproach, um, sort of doing the, the press junket, you know, rounds and being like, wow, you know, it's just it's really incredible. This is you know, like one of the first movies that's really explored, you know, the aftermath of what it's like to be the final girl from a horror movie. And it's like, Jamie, you were in Halloween Resurrection. Like you were in a movie that literally did this in 1998, (laughs) like where you've got a drinking problem and it's, you've got Hachi Machi. It's just a lot. Um, But I really liked Halloween 2018. I was kind of stoked for Halloween Kills. Yeah, I had... um... I had decent feelings about it going in, probably also because they got John Carpenter to come back and do the film score. And oh, yeah. the film score uh, rips. It's very good. Oh, yeah, by, by John Carpenter and his son, Cody Carpenter, which that's living the life of Riley right there is your dad is John Carpenter and you get to fuck around on a synthesizer with him for money. Yeah, just just sweet guitar riffs and synthesizers. <laughs> It's yeah, it's incredible. Now, um It feels Liz- very wholesome. I really like it. Oh, it's it's fantastically wholesome. And also, I mean, John Carpenter, who as we know these days, pretty much what he does is he he farts around on synthesizers and plays video games and smokes that weed and gets royalty checks. And God fucking bless him, he deserves that. <laughs> um that's it's it's a it's a wonderful life if you're John Carpenter. Um but I was excited for this movie and it Okay, well, let's get into it. So it picks up where Halloween 2018 left off, um, where, um, Quincy, since you haven't seen it, what happens is that um, they lure... uh, Laurie Strode is living in this compound out in the woods where she's been training for, like, 40 years to kill Michael Myers. And finally, you know, he escapes and all manner of bullshit happens. He kills a bunch of people. It's actually pretty great. Uh, And then she lures him into her basement, closes him in there, uh, lights him up like a Christmas turkey, and she and her daughter and granddaughter um, all escape with their lives. They're pretty fucked up because they just, you know, squared up with Michael Myers, but they, they got out alive. And then this movie picks up. It has, like, three different intros? Yeah, it's multiple movies smooshed together. None of them good. No, <laughs> none of them. <laughs> Some lesser than its parts. So much lesser. Uh, it's you know we've so we're for whatever reason uh, flashing back to 1978, where um, Deputy Frank Hawkins, who is a part of this movie for some reason. Um, now I, I should also say here, um, listeners, uh, if you have not seen Halloween Kills yet and do not want us to spoil it, I will I will uh, work. I, I will work to not be incredibly spoilery, but please be advised. We're going to talk about some, some like main plot lines of Halloween Kills. So, uh, is the sheriff in this movie just because like what about the men's? We have to have a male perspective for some viewers to care. Oh, I think so. I the thing is, this movie is also incredibly dude heavy. After like Halloween twenty eighteen, you know, you had like Jamie Lee Curtis in full effect. This movie had 
fuck all for Jamie Lee Curtis to do. She um, lays in a bed for the majority of the movie. Right, much like, you know, the original Halloween 2, where she's just in the... lays in a hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, just, like, sleeping it off. Which, like, I, I kind of want to give it to David Gordon Green. I kind of like the realism of, like, yeah, she just got stabbed in her shit by Michael Myers and had a really bad night. Forgive her for not, you know, doing cartwheels out of the hospital to go, you know, fight him again so soon. I, I like that she's dealing with those injuries, but the problem with it is she just does nothing but do bad monologues oh yeah yeah talking about how like he's this inef michael myers is an ineffable evil force and nothing can kill michael myers even though she just quote <laughs> kill quote unquote killed michael myers yeah before she even knows that he's actually up and like killing again what's also incredible to me uh quincy did you watch this by yourself or with someone else uh, so I did a mixture of both. I started it with my girlfriend. We watched a good 40 minutes of it and realized nothing was happening in this movie. So we turned it off and then I came back and finished it uh, on my own. That that checks out. This is I would say this is not a movie that you want to watch by yourself all the way through because you'll have a miserable time. I did have fun watching this because I got to watch it with Christina, and we could not stop looking at each other and making faces when anybody said pretty much any line of dialogue, because, like, every character in this movie exists to, like, say a line that they hope will get in the trailer, basically. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, evil dies tonight. <laughs> Unclear on when evil dies. <laughs> Further research is needed. They, this movie is trying to make Evil Dies Tonight work as like a bumper sticker so hard. And it's just the goofiest goddamn thing. Like every character in this movie, every line of dialogue is, you know, like, what? Michael Myers? But he was the one responsible for all those murders 40 years ago that have dogged this town and given it trauma. And, and it's just like every line of dialogue has to be so like expository about this. Yeah, so one of the storylines, in addition to the sequel storyline and the the sheriff, is the children that survived the original nightmare mm -hmm. hang out at a bar on Halloween every year and like sing karaoke. <laughs> And also do slam poetry about Michael Myers. <laughs> like, it, looks, yeah. it looks pretty shit for Halloween, guys. Um, and now, Tommy Doyle, who was, of course, the, the young boy who was being babysat by Laurie Strode in the original, um, he is here, and uh, he is played uh, by Anthony Michael Hall, who was in the Brat Pack. Um, he looks like a thumb. Yeah, he, he really does. Um, and it's really perfect for this character, because Tommy Doyle is like the worst of the worst uh, early 50-something Gen X awful dudes. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's basically sort of a jumped-up version of his, like, asshole jock character from Edward Scissorhands, where because he was adjacent to things that happened in 1978, you know, apparently his whole life has been you know, dogged by the specter of Michael Myers, and, you know, now he really wants to kill him. Quincy, here's the thing that I can't get past, right? Uh, so Michael Myers went to jail before Reagan took office, and everybody in this town talks about it like it was yesterday, and, like, all they can talk about is this, like, handful of murders that happened in 1978. Yeah, it's, it's really wild that this movie is set in... 
uh, ostensibly the 2010s, and they have nothing else to talk about in <laughs> local or global <laughs> news. No, absolutely not. And 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 it's also ridiculous to me because, like, on one hand, like, yeah, you could sort of go into like, okay, you know, like trauma has lasting effects on communities. Like, I could see. You know, maybe Sheriff, you know, Bracket or somebody, you know, being like, oh, God, you know, like he killed my daughter. So I'm, I'm pretty bummed about that. But the, they, they want to have it both ways where like they've had 40 years of peace and quiet in Haddonfield and also are dogged by the murders of anyway, it's uh, nonsense. But what we get is um, a lot of nothing teens that the movie keeps pretending to try to get us to care about. Yeah, yeah, we have these teenagers who are just supposed to matter, and they don't. And also, this is the goriest Halloween film I've ever seen. Yeah, now what's really bizarre about that, like, the kills are mean-spirited in a way... That I, now, Quincy, how do you feel about mean-spirited horror movies? Um, If I am expecting them, I'm okay with it. Uh, if I go in and I'm, I'm kind of girded, uh, this movie, I was not, and I just didn't have a good time. <laughs> it's yeah. Like it, it, it's like, it wants you to have fun with the kid. Like, okay. You know, you've got kills in this. I think one of the ones that bummed me out the most was that he breaks off a halogen light tube in a kitchen and stabs uh, a lady in the neck, by the way, a lot of neck trauma in this movie. Everybody's just getting it right in the neck. Yeah, so much neck trauma. And I think it's just very weird to log on to the the peak the peafowl app. <laughs> you know, and uh -huh. I see my my Dwight's and my Michael Scott's and then Halloween kills. It was it was not anything I was prepared for. I was not prepared for a faces of death caliber <laughs> gore fest on my peafowl network yeah yeah i mean listen my 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 uh, peacock network avatar is vin diesel so i was already fucking prepared to knock um but the thing <laughs> is like i i'm normally down for squishy ridiculous gory kills i uh, but like it's not even fun like, it's not fun it is joyless and it is innovative but only in a way where you're like, oh, look at that. It's There's no joy. There's no excitement. It's just rote grossness. Yeah. And now also, my thing is, uh, you know that I am, of course, the Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 respecter. Uh, and I, I really like that movie. There's a thing about those, like the kills in those movies, where like a thing that I will always go to bat for Rob Zombie about, his kills are never fun kill okay outside of maybe like house of a thousand corpses has some goofy shit but i feel like rob zombie from devil's rejects onward is very much like these are not fun kills they're brutal and uncomfortable and they're supposed to be like the the kills in, in his halloween movies like they're unbelievably brutal but i don't i don't get the impression he's not like trying to grind your face in it the way halloween kills just will do these tight close-ups of gore in a way that's just like a little kid trying to show you some worms and upset you. There's literally a man who jumps from a high story building <laughs> and you see his squished body on the ground. Hachi like machi. the thing that they never show you in movies because it's not photogenic. 
they show you. <laughs> ha, let's get into that, actually. So, uh, you know, wouldn't you know it, this, mo- this weird, mean-spirited uh, jumble of a movie also has a message for you kids at home about a little thing called mob justice. It's so weird because in the middle of this movie, Tommy Doyle basically starts a, a mob to kill Michael Myers and they just start screaming evil dies tonight and they corner an innocent man because they mistake him for Michael Myers and he dies. They, they tonight. Corner, <laughs> he does die tonight. He they corner a guy who is who looks like Danny DeVito as the penguin. <laughs> and they're all like, wait, hey, isn't that that like six foot eight murdering machine? <laughs> and then it's only after the guy dies. that They're like, hey, wait a minute. This is Michael Myers at all. What's now? This is one of the bits that drives me fucking crazy about this movie is OK. So you've got this message of the movie where there's a mass hysteria. You know, there's a it's a crowd on the edge. It's like you can feel like Rod Serling just off shot making the the, uh, the jack off motion. Um, and there's this uh, mentally ill man who like looks like a cartoon mentally ill guy. Yeah, he's he's an escaped. He is one of the guys who escaped the asylum alongside Michael Myers. Yeah, and so he's got a jumpsuit that says, like, psych ward on it. He's got long, like, stringy hair. Um, and they chase this guy up to the top of uh, this building, and they're all coming for his blood while, you know, yelling about apparently evil dying tonight. And this is one of the most irresponsible things I think I've seen a movie do. We watch a mentally ill man hounded to suicide, and not, not only does it, it have that happen in the movie... Um, the movie that is trying to be like, well, maybe the real monster is people. And then it does this like loving close up of this dude's brains just splattered everywhere like a plate of lasagna. It is wild. Also, after that, the mob does not disperse and they continue <laughs> to to track down Michael Myers. <laughs> yes. And there's a scene where they actually all are fighting Michael Myers. So it's not even like there's a lesson to be learned. Oh, it's fuck. just this weird make you make you the viewer feel like shit for 15 minutes in the middle of this already unbearably long movie <laughs> that's a fucking great point they're not like you know like my one of them i because this movie has never met like subtlety or grace or like a, a script that worked in its life we actually have a character after this guy dies and somebody goes he's turning us into the monsters <laughs> it's <laughs> and i yeah you're totally right i love that they're not like my god what have we become and then going home to their families or whatever they're like okay okay i mean we did definitely hound an innocent man to suicide but let's you know maybe do a mulligan on that one evil does need to die tonight so everybody let's just take 10 hydrate get your electrolytes right and then (laughs) evil dies tonight what um, is also wild to me, the inter- in the intervening years since the first Halloween movie, Michael Myers has become John Wick. He's just able to dispatch <laughs> armies of people <laughs> with Oh man. Let's speaking of which, let's get into there's this one scene in here that I can't stop thinking about where he's emerging from um Laurie Strode's flaming compound and a bunch of firefighters are on the scene to put the place out. 
we get this like yeah you're totally right it's like a john wick fight scene of michael myers squaring up with all these dudes i am obsessed with one of the firefighters who now you know they've all got weapons like one of them has a fire axe one guy just has a little hose and he's like i'm (laughs) I'm going to soak the shit out of michael myers with this hose it's it's the weirdest goddamn thing and the entire one of the guys has a fucking circular saw like the kind of circular saw that you use to cut cars apart to save people's lives and he's like revving that shit up i'm gonna (laughs) kill michael myers which also it's wild that all of these firefighters know what's going on and Mm -hmm. they stop their job of putting a burning house out (laughs) To fight this man. <laughs> They've got a quick time event. That's, I love, yeah, you're totally right. Like the circular saw, it's like all of them were, you know, if an, if they were in an interview later, we'd be like, yeah, we were just using what we had on hand, I guess. Like uh, Rick over here had a hose. I had a circular saw. I don't know. I was just, I was using what I had on hand. And, you know, they all, it's like a video game cutscene. Um, now, this movie is also, the problem is, we know as the viewer, uh, viewers, as viewers, that this is the second of three planned movies, so you know whatever happens here, Michael's gonna be fine. Yeah, so there's no consequences for any of this. <laughs> no, no, no consequences except uh, the the very now uh, the very end of the movie. Um, we her daughter gets murdered in. Uh, house this movie for some reason loves putting salt and pepper on the fact that michael myers as a kid loved standing in his sister's room and staring out the window yeah it's it's shown multiple times in the same movie just just staring at windows even to the point where they're like what's he looking at what is the thing that he's staring at (laughs) maybe he's staring at his own reflection he's looking in it's the dumbest thing now there's another part of this movie that i was so annoyed by which is i could feel i knew in my heart that the person that somebody watching this movie raced immediately to the imdb trivia page because you get these three kids in the movie that are all wearing the masks from halloween 3 season of the witch oh it's so good and these children are awful they are just terrible little shits like all of the kids in this movie just they suck i think kids in the halloween series generally suck um because in halloween 4 you get a mob of children uh making fun of jamie myers for having dead parents um but it's just so suffice to say this movie's a goddamn mess not a single part of it works did was there any part of this that you enjoyed yes i liked big john and little john oh yes gay couple that live in the myers home and are constantly saying, do you know that this is the Myers home we're dealing with? <laughs> Big John and Little John are the highlight of this movie, as is. Quincy, can we talk about the interior decoration job that they did on the Myers house? Oh, it's so great. It looks, this textured backsplash, like all of the fixtures. I mean, this is also how I know that I'm like almost middle-aged, is that I'm just like obsessed with these home furnishings. Um, but like Big John and Little John, uh, they are wonderful, but even they don't really get enough to do in this movie. Oh yeah, they're not. They're they're dispatched rather quickly. Yeah, uh, which immediately reminds me of one of the most annoying lines from Scream Four, where they're like, "To survive a, a modern horror movie, you pretty much have to be gay." And it's like, "Hi, hi, Kevin Williamson. Point to me exactly one movie that points that does this <laughs> thing you're saying happens." 
it's ugh, it's a lot. So let's rank this piece of shit. So look, looking now, at the lowest Halloween installment is the fan film The Last Halloween, which is number five hundred and thirty. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, so another fan film, um, much like Halloween Kills. It's a it's a contemporary. Um, the last Halloween, which featured, didn't it have like the voice of the guy who played Dr. Loomis in Halloween six or whatever? Yeah. That's the one where, uh, Michael Myers dies of a heart attack, (laughs) which is just the greatest. Uh, it's like, it's like Spider-Man getting killed by a mugger where it's just like, yeah, he just had a heart attack and died. Um, that is so mercifully short and Halloween kills. I mean, it's a, it's an hour 45, so I guess it could have been longer. Oh, yeah, yeah. We really lucked out, even. Yeah, but now, right below uh, The Last Halloween, uh, the parentheses, The Death of Michael Myers <laughs> via Heart Attack, uh, at number 531, we have Luna de Miel, which is one of the most unpleasant, unwatchable, irresponsibly made, disgusting things I've ever had the displeasure of seeing. I I would say that Halloween Kills is better than Luna de Miel. yeah. Yeah, me too. Because, like, at least there's stuff to dig into with why Halloween Kills works or doesn't work, where Luna de Miel is just, like, an hour and a half of sexual assault with no real reason for any of it and no kind of respite, and it's just awful. Now, the other Halloween movies that are on the list, Halloween 2 by Rob Zombie is number... Sorry, I keep doing this. Oh, no worries. Oh, uh, 148. 148. So Halloween 2 is number 148. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Right above Gremlins 2, the new batch. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, the, Halloween 2 is just so, so, so much better than Halloween Kills. Like, it has a coherent plot. It has, like, it. I mean, that movie succeeds entirely on the back of, like, Scout Taylor Compton destroying that performance. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. For some reason, we have Halloween 2007 at number 245. Well, that's because that movie sucks shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but does I it mean, suck more shit than Halloween Kill? Ooh, all right, all right. See, here's 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 the pickle, right? Uh, Halloween 2007, it has a coherent plot to say nothing. I mean, I mean... Halloween 2007 is Rob Zombie at his most, like, peccadillo hellbilly shit, um, where it's just, it's too much. Um, And the problem is it does feature uh, some more socially irresponsible shit than watching a a mentally ill man uh, jump to his death and then showing his brains. Um, I feel, ooh, I don't know, actually, I'm too close to it, Quincy. Which one do you think? I, I gotta go with Halloween 2000, because... Under Halloween 2000, we had The Devil's Rejects at 255, which I'd say is better than Halloween Kills. Oh, definitely better than Halloween Kills. And I, The Devil's Rejects, I think, is a movie that we sort of go back and forth on. I think we hate it, but also have seen it a number of times and respect a number of things about it. Um, or maybe, I, I don't know, maybe we don't respect it. Maybe we just talk about it. Um Scrolling down the list a little bit, uh, Quincy, let's, uh, I mean, it is, it is that time of year. Um, we are, it is, it is spooky season. Uh, we are right in the midst of it. 
Quincy, at number 327, we have uh, Bob's Burgers, Season 9, uh, Episode 4, Nightmare on Ocean Avenue Street. Uh, infinitely better than Halloween Kills. <laughs> yep. There is um, joy. <laughs> There's a, a zest for life in Bob's Burgers. I, I didn't, I, when I watched that episode, I didn't get to the end of it and go, well, at least I'm closer to my death, I guess. <laughs> Which I definitely said after watching Halloween Kills. Okay, here's a boss battle for you. Mm-hmm. At number 336 is Terrifier with Art the Clown. Ooh, another another hard to love horror kind of classic. I don't know if it qualifies as a classic at this point, but it is a movie that we talk about a lot. It's a cult favorite at the yeah. least. Yeah. Now the thing is, I'm here. All right, all right. So Terrifier is a feature that uh, it, it, that that shows all all manner of things, but I also feel like it has the strength of its convictions to stop fucking around and just do those things. Where it's like, you know, we're going to show someone being sawn in half from their crotch up, and we're not going to monologue to you about, like, you know, it's not going to, they don't, they're not going to have a character turn to you and explain the plot of the movie. They're just going to do those horrifying things. Where this movie, I, I get to the scares. Like, there weren't any scares in Halloween Kills. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, now at 346 is the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I cannot believe the thing I'm about to say. I think okay, I'm going I'm going I'm going I'm going to place I'm going to throw a dart at the board and see if it lands and you can totally tell me if I'm wrong here. 346 is Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, also a grim, disgusting <laughs> pile of shit. Uh, and right below that is the delightful time capsule uh, urban legend uh, at number 347. Quincy, I have I have a thought about this. I do think Halloween Kills is better than Urban Legend because it has a it commits to the kills in a way that I feel like Urban Legend I keep wanting it to like actually be be mean spirited in a way that I feel like it never totally is. Like it kind of pulls punches uh, every time they do a death. Um where at least with Halloween Kills, like, to say nothing of anything else, you could tell that they were like, all right, well, we forgot to write a good script, so let's get our shit in and really lean into these kills. Um, in a way that I feel like Urban Legend didn't totally take advantage of the fact that these were Urban Legend-themed deaths. Um, but I do think Texas Chainsaw 2003 is better. All right. So and that tell- makes our new... Okay, tell me. Oh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's Texas Chainsaw 2003 is at least a time capsule for, like... This was, you, you know, America, uh, the year we invaded Iraq, you know, we're, we're trying to struggle to find our national identity. And it was basically just Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. We're like, listen, man, I know what the people want. And it's Arlie Ermey uh, verbally abusing children. <laughs> uh, and it's like, it's disgusting. But it's also like, yeah, it's a time capsule in a way that I, I don't think we can... And maybe with the benefit of hindsight, we'll say something different about Halloween Kills and early 2010s horror, but I feel I feel comfortable saying that uh, Texas Chainsaw 2003 is better. All right, so that makes Halloween Kills our new number 347. Hell yeah. Now, let's talk about something that gave me an incredible amount of joy. Um, we, Quincy, what's the, please intro the next movie we're doing. So we're doing the Chiodo Brothers uh special effects showcase Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> Holy shit, this movie. Quincy, have you seen this as a child? 
No, I managed to miss out on Ernest as a kid. I don't quite understand how it happened, Mm -hmm. because in the late 80s, Ernest was pretty ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. And I do remember all of the Ernest movies in the video store and seeing them time and time again. But I never actually got to watch these as a kid. Yeah, you and me both. Like that's that's what it was was like being alive during that period. You were always like tangentially aware of Ernest P. Worrell as like an entity that you had to watch out for in pop culture. Like you knew he was in the mix somewhere, but like yeah, I had never I think I saw Ernest goes to jail when I was a kid because my babysitter put it on. I it is the it's it's probably the best Ernest movie. I, you know what? Sight unseen, I am prepared to agree. Uh, Ernest Scared <laughs> Stupid is completely buckwild. So, if no one has seen an Ernest movie before, how would you describe Ernest P. Worrell? Ernest If somehow P- people have managed to, to make it without... <laughs> understanding who or what Jim Varney does. Okay, I'll tell you I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you who Ernest P. Worrell is as a character. If there was an animatronic jug band uh, full of otters, he would be the tallest, lankiest one who uh, plays like the washboard and comes unstuck from a Chuck E. Cheese stage to work odd jobs uh, as, uh, and was cursed to live as a human man. Um, so my favorite thing uh right off the bat is the titles of this movie is Ernest making just faces just wacko faces while old horror movies play and we have this jaunty halloween theme to tell you this is going to be a spooky (laughs) movie it's fucking great honestly he himself is an animatronic i feel like he is kind of Bruce Campbell for children in this movie, I think. Like, he is gooning 24 over 7. Like, he got... And, and now, for those of you who might not know, Ernest P. Worrell, uh, as played by Jim Varney, was, like, one of the first... V- he was, like, a viral star before that existed. Yeah. Um, because he was in a series of commercials for, like, a bunch of different things, like Sprite... And car companies and all manner of things, and he would be a uh, nosy, weirdo, presumptuous uh, sort of goomba neighbor named Ernest. And he would always come up and be, and he was always talking to somebody named Vern, whose life was like plagued by living next to Ernest P. Worrell. Uh, and it's always like Ernest being like giving him advice on how he should drink Sprite, and then doing something goofy and being lovable and stupid. Yeah, lovable and stupid really encapsulates um, Jim Varney's career. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. so one of the things I've noticed, because I've actually gone and, and watched a lot of John R. Cherry III's movies, mm-hmm. um, his Ernest movies, he cannot shoot an Ernest movie without the extreme close-up. It is almost entirely extreme close-ups of Jim Varney's very silly face. Yeah, you can really count the nose hairs with 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 him in these movies. Like, and the thing is, these these are movies that it's a pairing of a director who knows who he's working with and an actor who is really good at this specific thing. Yes. Um, now, one thing that I, I, I while watching this, a thing that I would have loved would be Jim Varney being in like 
a Quentin Tarantino movie playing a straight-faced character as, like, a, 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 a straight-up character actor and not doing Ernest. Like, he's got this weird energy that I, I, I want to see what he could have done not being Ernest P. Worrell. Yeah, it's it's really a shame that we lost Jim Varney when we did, because we never got the, like, Jim Carrey-style serious period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like, not that I'm a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino movies, or, but, I mean, I mean, this is a guy who was always like, wait a minute, John Travolta, what's that guy doing? I haven't seen him in a while. Get him on the horn. Or, like, having Mike Myers be, um, not Evil Dice Tonight, Mike Myers, like, Austin Powers, Mike Myers having him show up in Inglorious Bastards, like... He now Jim Varney is really good at what he does, but the problem is, uh, in a movie like Ernest Scared Stupid, what he does is kind of what they used to do with Robin Williams back in the day, where they were just like, you know, just riff, just do characters, and he just does all the characters. So let's start with the plot of Ernest Scared Stupid. Absolutely. So um, this movie takes place in Missouri, and in ancient. Pilgrim times Missouri Because there were pilgrims in Missouri <laughs> Yeah, those Missouri pilgrims There was an evil entity that lived in the woods And uh, Ernest's Great ancestor Binds this troll into a tree Trantor the troll Who, um, the makeup for this troll Now, right off, we, we, gotta, we gotta point this out right, right out of the gate The makeup effects in this movie Fuck yeah, it's the Chiodo brothers. It's the guys that did Killer Clowns from Outer Space. So of course it's going to rule. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fucking incredible. And you know they get sealed away um, in this tree, and the curse that uh, he places upon uh, Phineas Worrell, who is the powdered wig uh, Puritan, who, uh, Missouri Puritan, who seals him in the tree, is that his descendants will get dumber and dumber over time. Which is how we flash forward to Ernest P. Worrell. Um, my question is, how do they quantify that? Like what? Like, they'll be able to retain fewer facts, or they'll be annoying at parties, or, like, what are we, what are we, how do we, anyway. Well, I'm so glad you asked that question, because this is uh, also addressed in Ernest Goes to School, where oh. Ernest must obtain a high school diploma. Uh, in a science experiment, he's given, like, smart rays to his brain, so I think it's actually brain, like, capacity. They flowers for Algernon Ernest. <laughs> they flowers for Algernon Ernest, <laughs> which also makes Ernest a, the football star. I mean, naturally, one, you know, becomes a football star when they become super smart. Um, he has a dog named Rimshot, who is, is this the same actor who played Wishbone? No, it's not. It's it's probably the same family, but <laughs> the same Hollywood dog it's family. It's the John Belushi of <laughs> of little dogs. He's like he's like super bitter about being related to Wishbone. Like, yeah, well, I guess we can't all be fucking Wishbone. He now we also uh, in this movie is Eartha fucking Kit. So we have Eartha Kit, who's basically playing the human version of Augra from Dark Crystal, just living in the woods trash everywhere mumbling about spirits and and we've learned that she's basically a centuries old puritan mm -hmm. who is standing around to be a caretaker to make sure this tree is protected yeah she's like a she's like a prophetess uh, and no she's also she's hanging around garbage and also attacking jim varney with a flamethrower um she 
in this movie. Now, uh, the IMDb trivia, I'm sorry, the IMDb trivia, I'm all, as I said before, 90 fucking years old, um, assures me that Eartha Kitt auditioned for this movie. I call horseshit. <laughs> Eartha Kitt, Eartha God, by God Kitt, did not audition to be an earnest, scared, stupid. They went to her and were like, hello, uh, Miss Kitt, huge fan, um... If you if you've got like a weekend free, do you want to play a mean wizard? And then she was bored enough to be like, "Yes, I will show up and not phone in my performance and fucking steal the scene." Um, <laughs> there's no way in hell Eartha Kitt is auditioning. Like, can you just picture it? Like, she's in a little office, like auditioning for this. Get out of here. Just nervous. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, she's in, she's incredible. Um, now there's also a bit of this where there's a a, a light bit of brown face. Yeah. So. One of the things in all Ernest movies is Ernest is a friend to children uh, alike, but in a in a very wholesome sort of way. Uh, and because he's a like a tinkerer, he mm-hmm. he's good at building things. Um, he's he's mechanically minded. Okay. Oh, uh, so Ernest is very mechanically minded. He's a tinkerer who's able to build a lot of stuff. So he, these children need Ernest to help them repel bullies. And he's like, just like the Botswanians repelled the Ottomans. And these children are like, what the fuck are you talking about, Ernest? And he's like, ah, let me show you. And then he just does this thing where he riffs and he's like 20 different characters. And as an Ottoman, he has Ottoman uh, face paint. It's, I, I actually recoiled from my screen when Jim Varney in like f- sort of full brown face being like, I'm an Ottoman. And I'm like, no, you are not Jim Varney. You get out of here with that. Like he, uh, I knew that it was going to be spicy when you get him as like a Roman centurion saying like in a British accent, it was a dark night in lower Botswana. And I'm like, all right, Ernest scared stupid. Where are we going with this? <laughs> like, what, a, where, what are we doing? Um, and like you know, he's he's really friendly with the kids. He's like a a friendly goofster. Um, I do love that the bullies of these kids. I think it was actually federal law in the early '90s that if you were um, a grade school bully, you had to have a shitty little mullet. Yeah, you had to have shitty little hair to be a <laughs> shitty little bully. <laughs> So they go out to the woods, and of course, the tree they pick is the famous Worrell tree. And they build a treehouse in it. Yeah. And he helps them build the treehouse, uh, you know, of all the trees and all the forests and all the world. He had to and walk into this And uh, also siege weaponry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie has, it plays it pretty fast and loose with munitions in uh, 1991 Missouri, which might actually be verite. So, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but they build a cat and dog food howitzer. Basically, <laughs> yes, they are. Yeah, like like weapons grade dog food um, to like and, that, and they're like shooting food at these bullies. Um, they like what they, they're like launching. They're like launching like a pizza at them, I think. It's like anchovy pizza. And this launcher rules. Oh, it certainly does. Uh, Quincy, this reminds me of one of the coolest toys I had as a child, uh, which was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, van that shot little plastic pizzas out the top. Uh, I remember it well. Mm, It also had little stickers on each of the pizzas. Gather around, children, and let (laughs) Pop Pop... (laughs) And Graham Graham be like, we had the pizzas. (laughs) 
Holy one shit. of the pizza stickers had ice cream on it, <laughs> as was the fashion of the time. God, we are a million years old. I this is <laughs> now I, another thing I'll say is that the uh, in, uh, the puppets in this uh, are the, all right. I'm I'm, I'm going to point out a thing. This movie would have scared the dog shit out of me as a kid. Oh, I it is frightening. It's that perfect late 80s, early 90s, not really. It's marketed to children, but really shouldn't have been. We talked mm-hmm. about this on um, our guest episode of War Rocket Ajax, about like non-horror things that are horrifying, mm-hmm. a la Judge Doom from Roger Rabbit. This troll that is awoke is awakened is gut wrenchingly terrifying, bowel churningly scary. Like it's just it's goopy and disgusting and like fully articulated. Like this is a movie that again, like during that time period where it was sort of like, what was the target audience for this? And it's like uh, kids who aren't pussies. That's who. Where it's just like, uh. You've got, uh, there's a scene in here where this, um, this little girl is, like, climbing into bed, but she's afraid of trolls, and she looks under her bed, no troll, and she's like, hoof, guess I can go to bed, and she lies back, and the troll is in the bed with her going, blah, and, like, I'm, a, I'm almost, I turn 35 next month, uh, I actually kind of went, wah, when the fucking troll was just there. Yeah, and the troll turns children to wooden figurines. This, uh, much like uh, Spooky Buddies, uh, which is also on our list, this troll uh, trucks in the souls of children. (laughs) Like, he is collecting children's souls and turning these children into little wooden figurines. It's fucking horrifying. Kids had no business watching this movie. And yet, his weakness is milk. His weakness... Because this is a movie for children. (laughs) This now, I, I do feel that there is significant overlap between some of the some of the troll masks in this and the third act of Troll Two, where they use a bologna sandwich to defeat the the goblins. <laughs> like you could easily do a double feature of of, of those movies. Um, but I also realize uh, this movie is technically a Slinky Dog from Toy Story and Isma from Emperor's New Groove crossover fic with Jim Varney and Eartha Kitt. It is. I just yes. Which I mean, which is why it would be on Disney Plus. Um, now, there's a weird bit where you know she is uh, hyping up um, Ernest to go and defeat the trolls, and she says, "You are the great redneck hope." And like, all right, 1991. I, uh, eh, yeah. yeah. No it's, one was. No one was steering this thing. So here's the thing. This is probably the least racist um, Ernest movie because there's also Ernest Goes to Africa. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, the, the fear. Which I will heart. tell you does not have the same uh, blackface problem, but definitely has a uh, tribal African caricature problem. Boy, I... Listen, the one without the brown face being more racist, it's just, yeah, the 90s were the Wild West. Um, <laughs> now, I, there's a moment in here that I, I love, which is that Rimshot the dog tries to physically murder Ernest with a bear trap. Um, where Ernest is, like, trying to set a bear trap, like, the size of a Buick. And he needs uh, he needs Rimshot the dog to hand him a stick to hold it open, and Rimshot just walks away from him with the stick, and he gets closed in it. I think Ernest 
obeys like Looney Tunes physics laws. He's also uh, crushed inside of a garbage truck trash compactor as well. In this oh, that's movie. that's how we start the movie. Um, with his legs going the wrong way in a cube of garbage. Um, there's a lot going on in this movie, but I think it's also that like the the other the effects in this movie there is full-on gore when these trolls get melted with milk just like yeah a bloody meat crater and it's like yeah thanks i'm glad i brought my kids out to watch her is scared stupid i guess thanks chioto brothers you're doing the lord's work they truly are i i ernest now in one of the in the segments where he's sort of hitting shuffle and going through different characters ernest seems like pretty comfortable in drag yeah, it's very comfortable in drag. And there's multiple female characters that Ernest slash Jim Varney uh, inhabits. Yeah. Um, now, there's also, uh, at the very end of the movie, uh, you find out that the thing that will kill the main troll is unconditional love, which I which is great. Um, and, you know, you get this giant crowd of people, uh, not chanting evil dies tonight, but they're all chanting kill him. And Jim Varney has to, like, smooch the troll to make his head explode scanner style. <laughs> um, Quincy, this movie is completely insane. I love it so much. Where do you want to put it on our list? Oh, man. How do you oh, how do you even rank a movie like Ernest Scared Stupid? Well, I think you start by asking how it... Uh, squares up to Spooky Buddies. Uh, Spooky Buddies, which is at number 449 uh, on our on our list. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm scrolling way up the list from, from Spooky Buddies, I think, because, like, even just as a time capsule of, like, sure, we've got, like, bloody, horrifying effects in this kid's movie with, with, like, with like, a goofy synth soundtrack going on, where, like, Spooky Buddies, uh, you know, I obviously it's completely uh, bizarre and unmatched among movies, but I feel like the craft with the Chiodo brothers uh, bringing the thunder with that makeup, I feel like I want to give the edge to uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. I think that's fair. I would also argue that this is better than Halloween Kills because there's joy <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> Yes, that's correct. Um, I actually, okay, looking up the list uh, a little bit. Um, so at number 129, we have uh, Troll 2, which, of course, as we know, is considered one of the worst movies of all time. We've all seen it a million times. We, you know, it's Troll 2. Uh, Quincy, I'm giving you the Friday night test on this one. Would you rather put on uh, Troll 2 or Ernest Scared Stupid? Uh, well, this Halloween season, I've literally watched Ernest Scared Stupid like three times. <laughs> uh, today was my first time seeing it, and I immediately was like, oh, I'm going to be leaving this on in the background while doing stuff now. Like, yeah, it's it's a good leave on while you're vacuuming the living room movie. Completely. Now, um, above that by a little bit, uh, another camp classic. Uh, at number 126, we have the Rocky Horror Picture Show from 1975. Uh, I feel like I want to give the edge to Rocky Horror just in terms of like cultural impact. Oh, for sure. Um, also, of the two movies, the one that has made an indelible impression 
was the one I saw as a child, which is actually <laughs> Rocky Horror. Well, there we go. Yeah, you know, like that's, you know, you come to the classics later on, you know, like it's never too late to watch Ernest Scared Stupid and, and have your life changed by it. Also, I've fallen down a research hole because I have to know everything about this fucking movie now. This is, yeah, life is such a rich tapestry. Um, right below Rocky Horror Picture Show at number 127, uh, we have Blue Ruin, uh, I think made by the same guy who did Green Room? Yes. Jeremy um, Solnier. Yeah, Jeremy Solnier. Thank you. I'm terrible with names. Um, which do you? Which would you give the edge to? Blue Ruin or Ernest Scared Stupid? <laughs> <laughs> Blue Ruin is a well-made film. It is actually. Mm. It's it's kind of an auteur piece, and I think it has a really nice thing to say about revenge. Mm-hmm. So I would argue that Blue Ruin is better, but not by much. <laughs> totally agree. Yeah, like the thing of it's a really great like thematic illustration of the like dig two graves thing with seeking vengeance in a way that like it's it's not a great movie the way green room is i think it was it was still you know Solnier like figuring his shit out but i feel good about that uh, right below blue ruin at number 128 is tragedy girls which is a movie i think we both really enjoyed the shit out of yeah tragedy girls was really fun but i hate to say it it's not as fun as Ernest Scared Stupid. Man, I'm going to tell you only 127 other things on this list are more fun than Ernest Scared Stupid to me. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, yeah. Tragedy Girls, I don't really remember anything about it aside from the cool masks, really. Um, which is not even that movie's fault, necessarily. But I, I think it's, I, I need to give it a rewatch. But Ernest Scared Stupid, I think, was... That movie is smart, where this movie is insane. And I feel like, because it's spooky season, I want to give the edge to insane. There's something about insanity. And it's almost like insane like a fox. <laughs> yeah, completely. Like, it's it's uh, completely unhinged. But also, I... Every every moment of this movie, I kept being like, I don't know what's going to happen in the next five minutes, but I'm just really fucking excited to see what the filmmakers thought would be a fun thing to do. Um, so yeah, so I feel pretty good about that. So coming in at our new number, 128, uh, on, on this, our 200th episode, um, out of 541 movies uh, and, <laughs> and things we have watched, is uh, Ernest Scared Stupid from 1991. Guys, uh, it's it's... If you haven't seen it, and let's say that you're old like us and your blood is turned to dust, you know, do yourself a favor. Watch uh, the irrepressible Ernest P. Worrell get harassed by goblins. Um, Quincy, where can our listeners find us on the internet? Our listeners can find us on social media, on Twitter, at RankinVileCast, and on Instagram, at RankinVile. They can also check out our podcast network's webpage, FaustianNonsense.com, which has a link to an annotated list of... Uh, that tells you which episodes we talk about which movies, which is a task that I can't even fathom. It's it's wild. Uh, they do good work. Uh, we, yeah. yeah. Um, we also have a, a YouTube page. We're on Letterboxd. We are just about everywhere a horror movie podcast is going to be. Guys, we love you so much, and we love being part of the community with you. Um, check out the Discord uh, for Rank and Vile if you haven't already. That's on our Twitter. Um, thank you for listening uh, for 200 goddamned episodes of this podcast it is such a blast i love doing this uh, thank you guys so much yeah we, i'm very humbled um but if you can do us one solid if you have listened for a while now and you haven't rated us on your podcast catcher of choice please go and do that we've done this for 200 episodes it's time to pay the piper <laughs> 
it's the troll toll is what it is it is the, uh, yeah uh, so yeah uh, get at us um but barring that that is about all i've got you got anything else stay extra spooky and wear bright colors when you go trick-or-treating happy halloween folks <laughs>